Are you tired of trying to keep ahead in the rat race, only to have so much of your hard-earned money going to the tax collector? Equity doesn't pay the bills. Retirement savings don't pay you now, and there are only 24 hours in a day to work. The only solution is passive income that pays you 24-7 now, not 40 years from now. From vetted investment opportunities to tax saving strategies, let John guide you through all the confusion and take control of your financial life in pursuit of financial freedom. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Wealth and Freedom Nexus. For investors seeking DSCR financing, check out timothyhero.com. The guy has closed over 150 DSCR loans in the last two years and has been appearing on podcasts and written about by journalists. He's well-connected with some of the best lenders in the game and can get you the financing for your rental properties. Are you sick and tired of your day job? Do you think that there might be more to life than to live and die by the nine to five? If so, you are not alone. I left my safe and secure job in 2019, and since then I have met many entrepreneurs that have done the same thing. If you've enjoyed the Wealth and Freedom Nexus podcast for the educational news, tune into my YouTube channel for the inspirational stories on how you can say, screw the W-2. Go to youtube.com backslash WFreedomNexus and look for the Screw the W-2 playlist. New episodes drop every Saturday and later this year will be released on all popular podcast platforms. As always, this is John Rickard, investor, educator, realtor, helping you find your way to wealth and freedom. Hey there, welcome back to another great episode of the Wealth and Freedom Nexus podcast. As always, I am John Rickgarn, your host, investor, educator, and realtor. Ah, I to believe we are in episode number 82. We'll see how this one actually goes. This, should we say, a little bit uncensored episode. So if you're maybe deterred or offended by swear words here and there, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. This is definitely, definitely was an uncensored one with my guest. But I th actually think it was kind of fitting because I really wanted to touch base on you know alternative investments and how traditional financial advisors work nowadays and have worked for years and even decades. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people utilize a financial advisor and are subjected to their fees, subjected to their, well, commission structure, really. And... I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I just want you to understand there is, well, there are definitely costs associated with that. But, you know, just as a, you know, flat across the board, typically a financial advisor is going to charge you a percentage of AUM or what's called assets under management. Now, a lot of people, unfortunately, look at this and even if they understand it, you know, they'll think, oh, well, okay, I'm looking at the fees here for, well, I'll just say it out loud. Edward Jones is a financial advisory firm that I, well, I'm not a fan of. And I've actually turned down jobs from them. And if anyone asks, I flat out do not recommend them. I do not recommend their structure. I do not think they're 
plans are in the best interest of their customers. I think it basically just fills the pockets, the financial advisors and their staff and their business, so to speak. But here's kind of a general overview. Even going on the low end, without going into hidden fees in the financial investment advisory community, let's just say they charge a 1% fee. Now, a lot of people unfortunately think, oh, well, you know, stock market averages 12% per year because Dave Ramsey says that. And gosh, you know, Dave Ramsey is never wrong. Uh, but, you know, 12% a year, they charge me 1%. So really, I make only about 11%. So they take a little bit of a cut. Well, I still make 11%. Hey, not a bad deal. This is the biggest misconception and probably the biggest fraud out there. And it irritates me every single time. I see this. No, what the assets under management plan is, is essentially 1% of your entire balance is charged annually. And your advisor gets paid this, whether your account goes up, goes down, or goes sideways. Now, statistically, and you know this number kind of changes, but over the long term, and really even over a five-year plus period, about 95% of fund managers cannot beat the S&P 500 index. So that should tell you something right there. So they are basically charging you more, charging you that 1% fee where an S&P index fund, you know, is probably going to be a fraction of the fee. I've seen as low as 0.03%, which basically that just means more money in your pocket. So here's how the numbers work. Let's say you have $100,000 in your IRA and you say, Mr. Financial Advisor or Mrs. Financial Advisor, I want you to manage my account. So here is $100,000. Sounds good. I'm going to manage that. I'm going to put it in this mutual fund, that mutual fund, maybe a few stocks, but you know they typically try to push the mutual funds and ETFs, which have their own fees, and that's a whole nother discussion. But hey, we're going to manage this money for you. So let's just say you start off with $100,000 and they charge you a 1% fee. Well, let's just say the first year, you know, it just you know knocks it out of the park. And it goes up 10%. So now your $100,000 fund or balance goes up to $110,000. So Mr. Financial Advisor says, hey, we're going to charge you a 1% fee. So at $110,000, a 1% fee comes to $1,100. Now, just think about that for a minute. Your account went from $100,000 to $110,000. And you know, let's just round down, make the number simple. You just paid your financial advisor $1,000 or 1% management fee. Well, your gain was $10,000 that year. Not a bad year. $1,000 went right to your financial advisor. So now your balance is at $109,000. And actually, this is going to fluctuate a little bit more because usually they charge you quarterly. I'm just keeping the number simple that they just take the fee at the end of the year. So your account goes from 100,000 to 110,000 minus the fee you're at 109,000. So $1,000 went to the financial advisor. To put this another way, 10% of your return, 10% of your return went as a fee to the financial advisor. And now you might ask yourself, well what did they really do to earn that money? Did they actively manage your account? Did they actively talk to you and consult with you and seek your opinion and get your feedback? Maybe had quarterly meetings or did they just say, give me your money and I'm just going to charge the fee. Now, here's another thing to think about that. How much risk did the financial advisor take? Well, none. It's not their money. It's your money. They put up 0% of the money. They take 0% of the risk and they still charge the fees. 
Now you might be thinking, well, John, you know, everyone's got to be paid for their work. You know, I'm still up $9,000 and, you know, I'm a busy professional. I don't have the time to manage my funds. You know, I still made 9,000. They got a thousand. Hey, I'm fine with that. And, you know, truth be told, if you are perfectly fine with that, hey, I'm, you know, not here to stop you. But let's just say maybe things went differently. Let's just say your account was at a hundred thousand and let's just say it was a flat year. We're not even going to factor in inflation, but you started at a hundred thousand, you ended at a hundred thousand dollars. So you had a 0% return. Well, the financial advisor is still going to say, well, I still charge a 1% assets under management fee. So I'm going to just going to take that right at the top. And now you're down to $99,000. And your account didn't grow at all, but they're still charging you fees. Let's go on the far extreme. Let's just say you start with $100,000. And let's just say it's a repeat of 2008 or the 2000.com crash, just to give you an idea. And let's just keep numbers simple. It just craters 40%. So now your $100,000 balance is $60,000. But wait, it gets better. So now the financial advisor said, well... Gee, you know, I'm sorry you lost 40% of your nest egg, but hey, you're in it for the long term, you know, stick it out. Oh, by the way, I still got to charge my fee. Now, as the Fisher Advisements ad says, we do better when our customers do better. Well, yeah, they charge more in fees when they do better, but they're still going to charge fees even when you're down. So again, that 1% assets under management fee, just to keep numbers simple, your $100,000 account goes to 60,000. Now, 1% of that, 600. So it's less than a thousand dollars that fee we were talking before, but now you're going to go from 60,000 to 59,400, almost kind of like adding insult to injury. Now, a lot of people will think, well, okay, I'm down 40%. And okay, yeah, the fees, well, they kind of add in there, but okay, if I'm down 40%, I just need to make up 40% to get back to even. Well, again, that's a little misnomer that the financial industry likes to promote out there. They think, hey, if you're down 40%, you just need to go up 40%, you're back to even. Here's a simple way to do this. Let's just say you're down 50%, which isn't unheard of, depending on what you're invested in. I had an aunt who had a financial advisor that very, very heavily shoved her into tech stocks. And this is why I bring up the dot-com bust, that she almost took about a 50% haircut on her retirement account. And yes, she was able to recoup some of that, but she ended up having to work longer and trim back their lifestyle. So let's just take this to an extreme and simple numbers. You have a $100,000 account. You take a 50% loss, goes to $50,000. And the financial advisor says, well, gee, you know, I'm, I'm really taking a, you know, I'm taking a beating here. I'm sharing the pain with you. I'm only going to collect $500 in fees versus $1,000 in fees. Well, boo-hoo. But now you're down 50%, you're down to $50,000. And a lot of people think, well, I just need to go up 50% to get back to where I was. And again, I'm not even factoring in inflation on this, You know what the true inflation adjusted loss was here. Well, if you want to do the math and run your own calculator numbers here, take 50,000 times that by 1.5 or a 50% increase thinking I'm down 50%. I just need to recoup 50%. I'm back to even. No, you still got a ways to go because a 50% increase off of $50,000 brings you back to $75,000. In fact, if you take a 50% haircut, which isn't unheard of, especially if you're Kathy Wood with her lovely ARC fund, if you, God forbid, if you've invested in that for the last couple of years, if you take a 50% loss, you have to get a 100% gain to get back to even. I'm just going to say that one more time. 
you have to have a 100% gain to get back to even. And that's not even factoring in inflation. So as you can see, uh, you know, I've you know, kind of got a bad taste in my mouth of this whole assets under management fees. Thankfully, there are a lot of investors that are waking up to this and either going, you know, managing their own investments, putting their money in index funds, which even Warren Buffett's, you know, one of the most legendary stock investors of all time. He's even said, you're better off just putting your money in an index fund and basically fire your financial advisor. And this is a reason why I have never become a financial advisor. I have turned down jobs from financial advisory firms because I do not agree with their cost structure and their commissions and collecting those fees without anything to show for it. So with that, this will actually be getting into my guest appearances, you know, talk track and what his mission and inspiration is to really migrate people from Wall Street, fire their financial advisor, and look into alternative investments that pay a more consistent income, many times are treated better as a from a tax standpoint, and really just leads to better returns and more profit in your pocket versus the profits going to your financial advisory's pocket. So with that, you know, hopefully you caught some of those numbers. Feel free to hit rewind if it went over your head as far as the losses and how much of an increase you have to take or get in order to get back to even. It's just kind of one of the little dirty secrets that the financial advisory uh, industry really does not want you to understand or really know. And they just want to collect fees for as long as possible on your account. So with that, we'll get into today's interview with my guest, Rob, after a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. Jeremy here. I do voiceover work for all kinds of projects. For example, do you need a voice for your phone greetings and call waiting services? Or a villain in your next tabletop role-playing game? How about a birthday message from someone who lives in a pineapple under the sea? These are just a few examples, and there are no limits to what you can use voiceover for. Feel free to stop on by my website or just send me an email in the description below. And let's create something amazing together. Hey, Rob, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, John, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I really love the work you're doing and the message you're putting out there, and I think our interests really align and glad to be a part of this and help your vision. Thank you. I appreciate that. So now for my listeners, this is one of the first times that my guests will just blame Google and Gmail for not getting my questions ahead of time. So I'm going to put Rob through the ringer as he is completely unprepared for this this time. (laughs) No problem. Listen, I'm married and have two kids. So being unprepared on a daily basis is I'm used to that and I'm groomed for that. So (laughs) sounds good. Well, maybe we could kind of start off on that and maybe just, you know, lead on to that. Can you maybe give my listeners a brief background on yourself and your story? Sure. I mean, I've been a real estate investor for 20 something years. I go back before the days of the great recession. Back in those days, I had a mortgage company. I was writing loans, making money, lending my own money. You know, I thought I was the hottest thing going. I was driving around in a convertible Porsche, being all (laughs) cool, single, all the stuff and everything. Thought I knew everything about real estate because I understood the money side. And then the great recession hit, lost everything. It turned out I learned nothing. I I thought I knew everything, but it turns out I really sucked at it. And I went into, I went into, I went to law school to become a paralegal because I kind of saw what was coming with the subprime mess. And I said, I want to be a part of this solution. I went to law school, become a paralegal, and I want to learn how the legal system worked. Ended up putting myself into a bankruptcy. And I took my attorney, trained my attorney, 
on how I wanted to go into this and how I wanted to kind of go through it. And I ended up suing two of the biggest banks who were illegally foreclosing on my last two properties. Wow. Strategy to, to go after them. Uh, I'll make a long story short. We actually, after three years of litigation, I actually beat them where the first bank actually paid all of my creditors. All my creditors got paid back, paid all of my attorneys, paid all the attorney's fees. And then the second bank actually paid me a nice big check to settle all the claims. And so I'm one of the very few people that you'll know or meet that goes into bankruptcy at a certain net worth and comes out at a higher net worth. I actually profited off of my bankruptcy. But it's not about the money. It's what I saw inside of the system and how these banks really, really work and how some of them are very, very nefarious in how they do things. And some of the things they do are actually brilliant in how they try to escape liability and how they actually make money and shift profits to themselves and liabilities to other people. And so I saw their system, how it worked. And I said, what a great way to build an empire, but I want to do the same thing they do, but do it better because they cheated the system a little bit as well. And they abuse the system. Mm -hmm. So I started immediately getting into going from my real estate career, took my new money and I started going to the banks and actually buying notes and mortgages from them. And then from there, I actually started a small private equity fund back in 2014, buying okay. mortgage notes. I started making money doing that. I cut my teeth using my own money, family money, learned the business in and out there and turned my own private bank into a reality, buying these loans and helping homeowners stay at homes. And one of the things that I saw was that there's no, for the real estate guys, us, us that are not institutions that are in the real estate business, there was no way to do it like the big banks. We could insure our losses as well. And mm. so the last two years, I was looking at what kind of insurance there was out there. There's nothing out there. So I actually created something. I started okay. getting into additionally life settlements and I started a life settlement fund and pinned the two together so that my life settlements can act as a buffer, a volatility buffer, and take all the risk. And we've now taken all the risk out of our portfolio of real estate and put it onto the insurance side. So I learned from the battle scars of being in the beast of the belly, the belly of the beast rather. And I just want to come out and do it better. And now I want to be out there serving people who need the help, need the guidance. I think it's important. I think our leadership today is failing us. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to be more inclined to go with the smaller investors. I think the institutions have lost trust. Yeah, Trust is a big thing that's been lost. <laughs> and people want to trust other people. And I think it's going to be you know, the, the mid-level and the real estate investor people that are going to lead the future and charge the future. So I'm all about helping other real estate investors and helping other people want to put their money to work to, to keep this economy going and, and recapture tomorrow. And so I'm helping people to capture their tomorrow today. It's all about capturing tomorrow today for the future and for the kids. All right. So that's a quick, short little story about. No, 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 that's fine. And yeah, definitely a lot to unpack. So now when you, you know, kind of high level, you mentioned, you know, helping others and, you know, getting their money to work for them and, you know, just obviously kind of be more prosperous. So I'm assuming that is hire a financial advisor and put all your money in the stock market and stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, right? Yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 I, no, you, you just totally got my brain going, snapping like, no, no, <laughs> no, that's the trap. That's the yeah. trap. But putting, putting your money with a traditional financial advisors is the trap. That's the sucker's bet. 
That's see the traditional stock market, the, the the retail investors. That's what the banks and the big institutions use to dump all of their garbage, all their liability, and all of their losses. Those institutions need the public markets because that's where they dump their trash. They keep all the good stuff for themselves, and they dump all the liability, all the losses into the traditional markets. And it's okay. it's it's. 97% of traditional financial advisors drive people to that cookie cutter portfolio. Mm -hmm. It's only 3% that actually serve the wealthy and the elite to go into not pay taxes, how to get into trusts and, and just escape all the liability and, and, and getting into bulletproofing their portfolio. And I often say, if you want to go and build a portfolio, you got to go to a traditional financial advisor. If you want to build an empire for yourself and your family, you go to the alternatives. And there's only okay. 3% out there that are actually building empires, while 97% are building portfolios that everybody else is taking target practice at. So no, no trans, no <laughs> tradition. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, and I, and I kind of threw that in there because I had a hunch we'd both feel the same way on that because I think the whole, you know, assets under management, financial advisors, where they just shove you into mutual funds and I yeah. kind of have to chuckle of, you know, Fisher Investments, which ads are on, seems like every other hour, where I kind of have to laugh. They point, or the guest point blank asks the advisor, so when do you make money? When you're Only when your clients make money. And they completely twist around, just say, yep, we do better when our clients do better. But they don't say, well, your portfolio could be cut in half but we're still going to charge you our fees. We're just not collecting as much in fees as before. So we're, we're sharing the pain. <laughs> see, see, I, 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 I like the, the better question would be, right? I would love to see the commercial that says this. So your clients, when do you make money? Oh, we make more money when our clients make money. Great. When your clients lose money, do you lose with them? Exactly. Like, uh, you can't. No, we don't do that. No. Yeah, no, we lost money. Know. We only collected 10 million in fees versus 25 million in fees. So yes, we yeah. lost money. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. We, we've lost money. Yes. And so that's right. That's the traditional model. And it's all a big head fake. And I think people are starting to see that though, because look at yeah. what's going on in the economy now and people's retirement accounts and people's portfolios. And I think that the worst is still in front of us with that, which I think is a great opportunity because being a distressed investor and investing in distressed assets, I think we're going to see the greatest wealth transfer that we've seen in our lifetimes. I think there's going to be very few people that take advantage of the amount of abundance they're going to receive. And I want to see that number increasing. I want to see more and more people receive their abundance by learning about the alternatives and how they can capitalize on this crisis that we are going to see and we're moving into. Great. Yeah. And I kind of even, I don't want to say hate, but I don't really even care for the uh, alternative definition for investments. I just consider them investments, whether it's real estate or private equity or trust deeds or life settlements, or I mean, yeah. take your pick. There's, there's a lot more out there than the stock market. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I, listen, I'm with you too. I like using that term though, because when you want to move people and transition them from the from the dark side to the bright side, you got to talk their language. Yeah, so exactly. You got to use that word alternative because they're thinking only they've been trained only in traditional, traditional, traditional. Yeah. Hey, there's an alternative. It's this side, and you can do better on this side. But I agree exactly. with you. I don't like so much the word alternative, but you have to speak their language in order to get them to come over there as well. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Now, kind of on that note, Robin, I know this has been one of your talking points on other you know, podcast and, you know, recording, so to speak, but you've talked about how to fire your financial advisor. You know, how do you do that? 
And I think you've touched a little bit on why, but maybe you can expand on that a little bit. On why to do so? Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. I just gave a presentation on this last night to a local real estate investment club because and it just goes back to what I said, that traditional financial advisors will only take you so far. They'll put you into stocks, bonds, and uh, index funds, mutual funds yeah. or, or index funds. And that's all they'll do. And they're looking at you playing just offense. And nobody talks about the defensive side. It's yeah. one thing to make money. It's another thing to keep it. Mm-hmm. See, everybody makes money. Everybody thinks it's great when the market goes up and everybody's wealth and prosperity goes up based on the stock market going up. But when yeah. it goes down, those traditional investment advisors don't teach you how to actually keep that money or even profit off of the downturn. They don't mm-hmm. do that. They keep those secrets for themselves. Okay, so you gotta you gotta go into three stages that I call. You gotta go into the offensive side, the defensive side, and then you also have to extract the liability onto somebody else's balance sheet as well. And that's what I saw that the banks did on the inside. So I came up with a system how to do all that. And so people need to go beyond the traditional investment advisors to protect not only what they have, but to profit off of the future and playing offense and defense. I mean, you've never heard of a any professional sports team play just an offensive side of the, of, of, of the game. Right. They always have defense. So why are we investing? just offensively and not playing any defense. Right. It makes no sense, but that's what these traditional advisors are going to tell you. Let's just play offense. Let's just in the market and we'll just ride it up. And they yeah. all are trained the same way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. You kind of alluded, or I alluded to in the opening of this, where I myself, let's say, I won't name names. I'll just say the firm rhymes with uh, Tedward Bones. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I've actually turned down jobs with them twice. Just because I don't agree with their philosophy. I don't agree with, you know, the fees on top of fees. And I still kind of chuckle where they even have, you know, for my listeners out there that might be new to this, you know, you have your advisor fees, you have your mutual funds, which are laden with fees, but then you have other ones that are funds of funds where the brokers, the advisors, they're not even smart enough to pick out their own stocks for a fund. They just pick other funds, which have another layer of fees on top of that. And somehow that's going to get you to retirement when it's, like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. They're not trained in any discipline of investing. They're trained to move money. See, they make money on fees yeah. of just moving money from one place to the other. That's yeah. not how business and investments work. When you mm-hmm. invest in a restaurant, let's say, you're investing in the productivity of that yep. restaurant. That means having great chef, great service staff great management, great marketing, and you're putting out a great experience because people will pay for that experience. People will be, if you give them a good experience, they will take money out of their pocket and they will part with their money if you give them a great experience. That's what you're investing in the production. When you look at traditional financial advisors, they make their money not looking at the underlying production of a company. They look at, hey, move money from here to here. I'm going to get paid for the movement of that money. That's all they care about. They don't care about the underlying production. Yeah, I don't care about that at all. So trading is different from investing. And so yeah. you made a great point that when you're looking at traditional financial advisors, what they don't do with you, which is of utmost importance, and most people don't know about this, but it's in this concept is alignment of interests. Mm-hmm. 
Is your financial advisor putting as much, if not more money into the same investment that is putting yours? The yeah. answer nine times out of 10 is no. Yeah. Then, then, then how are the interests aligned? Exactly. You see, when my investors come into my funds, my kid's future and my retirement is all inside of my funds. So any mm -hmm. decision that I make is going to be for the benefit of my children and the and, and, and their future. And so all my investors get the benefit of the same decision making that I do because I really give a shit about my kids. And that means I'm really giving a shit about their kids and their future as well. And that's what the alignment of interest is important. Mm -hmm. And traditional financial advisors, that's exactly what you're talking about. They go after their own interests and not yeah. their clients' interests. They don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. Big well, and, and you know, kind of brought up that point. And obviously, you know, both of us are in real estate, and I still come across people like, yeah, you know, I got an account with you know so and so financial advisor, and some of them do have properties, you know, under property management. I even ask them, it's like, well, you know, just hear me out here. If your property manager just said, you know what, we're changing our fee structure, we're going to charge you one percent of your property's value annually and that's regardless if it's 100 occupied or 100 vacant we're just going to charge you one percent of the property's value every year and a lot of times they get that like well that doesn't make any sense why would i do that i want them to pay me based on how much rents they're collected if they're not collecting any rent they shouldn't be getting paid at all like okay then why are you still investing in mutual funds that's basically how that works and i think Putting it in that context of real estate investments versus mutual funds, I think the light bulb goes off for so many people. Yeah. I I, I liken that to being in those big, big funds and big institutions. I liken it to being on a big cruise ship. Right? You have no control. Yeah. If you see a beautiful island along your trip and say, hey, let's go over there because <laughs> I see the whales that are breaching the water and I want to take some close-up pictures. Do you really think you can go up to the captain and say, hey, captain, let's make a left turn? No. Yeah. You are, so you, you, you've, you've abdicated control of your journey to mm -hmm. another crew. Yeah. And you have no control over the freedom if you want to make a left turn or right turn. Whereas if you're driving your own boat with your yeah. own crew that has your own, hey, we want to just be free and we want to go left and we want to go right and we want to go swim with dolphins and we want to go have a picnic on the beach. When you have your own and in control of your own, you have that freedom. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the big institutions on those big cruise ships, you do not have the freedom. Because if the markets change, if the headwinds change, mm -hmm. they, they're the first ones that are going to abandon ship and leave yep. their passengers behind. That's what they always do. So it's always dangerous, dangerous, dangerous being with those big institutions and those big funds, especially in real estate, that things move very quickly, but mm -hmm. they don't. And you get right. left behind holding the bag. Exactly. So, well, now we've touched base on a couple of things and maybe we can expand on this of what your, you know, you know, businesses and what you do for others. You know, if there is someone listening to this, so it's like, well, yeah, I've been a little tired of my mediocrity returns in the stock market or gosh, I've lived through the dot-com bust and then the great recession, then the COVID bust. And now the Dow is down year to date as we're recording this. You know, what are you able to provide or what do you present to your clients, your investors, your network as far as an alternative route to go? So I have, I offer three paths for people. Okay. Okay. The first path is going to be for the people who have no time and no money. <laughs> and we offer education. 
Okay. Get educated, learn how to make more, how to position yourself and get yourself prepped and get on the road. And we we outline the blueprint and the pathway of where you need to go to get to that to that freedom. The second path is going to be for people that have some time and some money and want to do it on their own. Okay. We can come in, advise, help them to put their plan together and kind of show them how to steer their own ship. Okay. And then we have the the path for people with no time and a lot of money. Okay. And for those people, we have our own private funds that if they qualify, have to apply, if they qualify to come into our funds, we will manage that for them. Okay. Uh, and 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 we take care of growing their nest egg for them in alignment with what we're doing personally for my family. They park their money next to mine. Sure. Okay. So yeah, you're like you're saying, you're basically investing uh, alongside them where I still remember years ago, another popular guru, Susie Orman, where she always is promoting mutual funds and stuff. And someone point blank asked her, oh, is this what you invest in? Oh no, I put all my money in zero coupon bonds. Like, really? <laughs> zero coupon bonds. Yeah. Yep. Think about that. Exactly. Yeah. But when you make millions upon millions with your and show that's books, the point, right? And you can buy a house in the Bahamas. That's you know, right. Whatever, teach your own, I guess. But now you make a great point there, John, right? Is what, what people need to look at as well. There's two in my in my eyes, there are well, there's a number of ways to make income. But what people need to look at is them producing their own income based on their own efforts because of when they wake up in the morning. And mm -hmm. most people call that a job. Yep. And then there's the money that they make goes to work while they're on their job. Mm -hmm. And you should create income. So you should go to work and then your money should go to work. Right. Okay. And what Susie Orman says when she said that is, no, none of my money is going to work. I'm producing so much income because I'm here bullshitting you about what you should be doing. <laughs> and I make so much money. I don't yeah. need to invest my money because I'm making all the money. When I get up in the morning telling you a bunch of lies. Exactly. Okay? That's not everybody's lifestyle. People want to go to work, make your money, and then they put their money in a cash pile. But that money should go to work as well. Yeah. And, and that's where we can serve people because we will put their money to work for them. For them. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And then obviously with you know the right strategy, the right assets, the right products, it, your money working for you is probably going to take or pay less in taxes on your W-2 job. And it can work for you 24-7, where to my knowledge, I don't think anyone's able to work 24-7, but maybe someone's had enough Red Bulls that they're able to, I don't know. <laughs> but the money will. But you made one other great point there about the strategy they put it into. And, I, and, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for this. And, and I, I'm, I wasn't planning on saying this, but you just tipped it in my head. So I'm going to take a second to say it. But the number one reason why real estate investments fail but I've been doing this for 20 years and investing in distressed real estate for 20 something years. The number one reason why it fails is because people deploy capital at a certain time, which is the wrong strategy and the wrong timing. Meaning this, real estate goes through cycles. And there's a number of other cycles that have effect on you making money in real estate. But let's talk about the real estate cycle. Real estate goes through cycles. Okay. And depending on where we are on the cycle, your strategy should change. It has to change. It's not always buy, rent, and hold. It's not mm -hmm. always fix and flip. There are times to do it and times not to do it. A perfect example 
is now a lot of people were doing fix and flip where they they get high interest loans to go buy the property, fix it up, yep. and they want to refinance. But now the interest rates have gone up. Yeah, yeah. And now when you're refinancing, number one, you, there's a lot of people who can't refinance now because the interest rates have gone up. And now they're stuck. And those properties are going to go into distress. And those are going to be a lot that I'm going to be looking yeah. at because they didn't understand where they were in the cycle. And applying the wrong strategy in the wrong part of the cycle is the number one reason why deals fail. Mm -hmm. So by understanding the cycle, where we are and what strategy you need to deploy is of paramount importance to succeed in real estate. End of story, period. That's it. Learn the cycle. Yeah, makes sense. And I think it's, yeah, learn the cycle and don't try to put a square peg in a round hole, wait for the square hole to show up and then put the square peg in it. That's right. So cool. Well, as we wrap this up, Rob, and I again, I want to thank you for coming on the show and actually interested to learn more about what you're doing as well. If any of my investors you know, want to maybe fire their financial advisor and look at some of these alternative investments, look at the projects and um, investments that you're doing, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you? I'll give you two ways they can connect with me. I prefer they connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm doing a lot on LinkedIn and okay. I'm putting a lot of my content on LinkedIn so they can connect with me, you know, linkedin.com slash IN slash the real Rob Knapp. Okay. That's where I'm at. Or they can email our team directly. At, they can email brilliant at capturingtomorrow.com. Because that's what we're trying to get everybody to be brilliant at capturing their tomorrow. So brilliant at capturing tomorrow.com or you get me on LinkedIn. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And I'm a big LinkedIn fan as well. I've connected with people all over the world and I think I spend more time on that than any of the other social media platforms. So. Yeah. But cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Rob. And for my listeners, if you're jogging or walking a dog, whatever, the links that we talked about, they'll all be in the show notes and clickable format. So you don't need a swerve in traffic and trying to find a pen and paper handy. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob, thanks again for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and look forward to connecting with you more in the future. John, I appreciate the time and I really appreciate what you do and I support you, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to share, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more updates, check out www.wealthandfreedomnexus.com com. Remember, nothing on this show should be considered tax, legal, investment, or professional advice. This show is produced solely for educational and informational purposes. Please consult an appropriate and licensed tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for specific advice for your situation. For distribution or publication rights or media interviews, please contact the host.